there was a skier king of the leaderboard, highest IQ, end of last season. Yeah, so it's an instructor called Tyler who uh, was at the top of the leaderboard last time. With some of the changes, maybe filters and algorithm tweaks, that sort of stuff, can you say who actually was had the highest ski IQ? Based off our current uh, analysis, so we're still going through the process of, of finalising everything from last season, Ted now goes to the top of the leaderboard with, with the new version of Ski IQ, which is obviously great. We want the best skiers with the highest skill to be at the top of the leaderboard. And the, the real goal for, for Ski IQ uh, and the metrics this season was to make, make it reward more dynamic carving instead of it being kind of getting to a higher jungle, but, you know, more of a, a park and ridey turn. So I must say that... That news was like music to my ears because I just, it's, but it's also a testament to you guys. You you look at where you're at at the moment and you go, hang on, Ted Ligarty, we know how good he is, ski with him, but then he's not sitting at the top of the leaderboard with Ski IQ, someone else is. What's going on there? Yeah. Tweak it. So, so then, like you said, so it's not that you want to reward that, it's that you no. want your system to be truly honest. Hey everyone, this is Tom from Big Picture Skiing. We've got a great podcast for you today. I'm in London, Carve HQ today with founder of Carve, Jamie, lead data scientist, Charlie, and head of product and marketing, Alex. And we've got a really interesting episode. We're diving into what exactly this tech product is. Uh, we're looking at what changes, what improvements are happening. What Jamie's going to give us the story of how it all began, why it all started, find a little bit more about the science uh, behind things, some of the new metrics that Carve are bringing out this uh, winter, and then how Alex is sort of shaping the experience you get as a user when you ski with Carve. So great episode coming up. Tune in. Let's uh, jump straight into it. Carve has recorded 344 million turns. Take us back to the beginning. Like, how did it start? Well, so, um, yeah, so my background is physics and, um, and then finance as well. And so I, and I also learned to ski very late. So imagine I was about 18 years old, like desperately trying to ski, trying to catch up with my friends and basically thinking, how can I hack this sport to actually be better at it? And I was very lucky to have some great coaches, well, instructors right at the beginning for, you know, uh, about a week or so. But then I was really just trying to teach myself and I was watching videos of how people were skiing and I was trying to get tips from friends. But the whole time I found it like very kind of like stop start and very subjective because I wouldn't know if I could trust a friend or, you know, if, if I was copying someone right, if I was trying to copy them. And so I really kind of thought, you know, given I was spending all my time, so I was doing a PhD in financial economics and I was looking at, spending all my time looking at these time series of data from finance and thinking like processing that data into something useful. And so I was thinking to myself, I know it's possible to put sensors on, you know, anything. And I know it's possible to see how, you know, I actually ski. And then the missing element is if you could take that data and you know, process it to give some meaningful insights, then I could actually improve my skiing technique. And so I got really excited by this idea of imagine if I didn't have to, you know, wait to see a video of myself. Imagine if I could get that feedback to improve myself in the moment, then I could create this like really powerful experience where I'd just be getting better, you know, every run or even every turn. And so I got really excited by this idea. Um, and, uh, yeah, very naive at the time, but this was kind of like, um, you know, sort of 2014. And I was kind of finishing my uh, PhD and I, I basically put an advert out around Imperial while I was doing my PhD for anyone that could uh, essentially code because I was very good at like making algorithms and, you know, my whole PhD was trying to process data into something useful. Um, but I didn't know how to actually make a app really. Um, I'd made my own app to, to measure my own data, but it wasn't enough to actually kind of create a fun, powerful experience. So that's when I met Pruth, uh, my co-founder. And he basically took all the really kind of basic concepts I have and actually turned that into an app. And we started to sort of put sensors in ski boots and then pitch it to investors who very, very thankfully invested in us in 2015. Uh, and then we went to China for about three, three years in total, but three months initially, made the initial prototypes, got some things working. We then started skiing with the US. Um, so 
we then started skiing with the UK team, first the UK team um, at one of their ski camps and actually with David riding and then got a lot of data about how to, about what great skiing is. And then from that, we kind of built, built up and up, had a Kickstarter campaign and grew the team. So yeah, that's, (laughs) that's the, the brief introduction. Okay. Now, like, like part of it, if people don't, if this is the first time they're being introduced to Carve, this is kind of what it looks like physically. Do you want to explain the physical part and then the app part? How, like, what is Carve? Yeah, no problem. So, so Carve is a digital ski coach and it consists of a physical product, which is this hardware we see in front of us that fits into your ski boots. So it retrofits into your ski boots. You take out the liner and then you put this layer in the bottom of your ski boots where it measures the pressure and the motion as you ski. All of that data is then sent to your phone. And then as you're skiing, it's collecting all that data to give you two kind of experiences. The first one is when you finish a ski run, you can get a ski IQ, which is essentially our measure of how good you are at skiing. Um, average person is 100. Um, and if you're very, very good at skiing, you can get to 150, 160. I, I don't know what your ski IQ is, I think. I think the best I've got is like some maybe 156, 157 yeah. or something. Yeah, like some that. real top ones there. So, um, and so that's, and then you also have a tip. So that's our kind of analysis of what you can do to improve. And then from that, you can drill down into all the different metrics that, you know, Charlie's been working so hard to, to basically characterize skiing technique. So that's one format. And the other format is that real time coaching. So basically as you're skiing, you can actually have Carve talk to you about one specific part of your skiing to create this very powerful, uh, real time feedback experience. So that's the, that's the product. That, yeah. I mean, I think I, I love your idea, the first idea of an uninterrupted learning process that is kind of just based on on this information you've got and then so you're sort of it allows you to go through the self a bit of self-discovery process mm. right you're trying to put the power in the hands of of individual of individual skiers have there been some what what would you say i'm going to ask the other guys their their biggest hurdles they've come across what's been the biggest hurdle so far to get to this point because i'm sure with a tech device there's a lot Oh, the same. This this could be a podcast. <laughs> um, I think one of the biggest ones was really really getting a physical product into market is is really tough. Um, you know, very very low funds, doing things in China, um, doing running a production line. Yeah, right right at the beginning was a definitely a definitely because you're holding like that. Our <laughs> mic yeah. today is part of the yeah. insole in here. So what it like in there is you're holding like like that part it's got to deal with people putting a lot of pressure on it and yeah it's got to be waterproof and it's got to cope with people taking it in and out of boots so yeah essentially what we're looking at this, this is a pressure sensor with a motion sensor actually put into it here as well on the on the chips with these chips here and you've also got a kind of metal board on the back to, to make sure it's strong enough and so what we've got here is about three layers so about five layers actually of different materials that build up to measure the pressure and the motion. So the the pressure is essentially there's a essentially a layer of foam that squeezes when you when you push on it. Yep. Then there's an array of sensors that sit underneath it, and so that means we have 32 sensors that actually kind of show us how your weight is moving across. So yeah. there's a lot of lot of complexity in that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then, Charlie, yeah. like you're involved, and and I mean his role is super important, right? He you're 344 million turns. Can you give us a bit of an insight into like what a data scientist does and some of the things you, how you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so basically what we're trying to do is convert the raw data we're collecting into something useful for people to uh, use and then build that into their own skiing. So yeah, the big question is, can we measure skiing and is it going to correlate with different ability levels? So if you're an expert skier as you are, and I'm an advanced skier, uh, we need you to be getting higher scores than uh, than me. So that that's basically the kind of uh, biggest uh, problem that we that we try to solve initially. And so, in what maybe you're probably the best person to ask, like, what are some of the metrics? So all this data coming in, there's probably numbers. What do they get turned into? That the skiers who use Carve and they look in their phone, they see. Like, run us through yeah. the things it measures. So we basically sample from the hardware twenty times a second, and that 
is some measurement of uh, of the sensor. So we measure in your your motion and your pressure. So with your motion, we're looking at you know twenty times a second. Where is your ski pointing? And then not only where your ski is pointing, but how that progresses through the turn. And then when we translate that into uh, a metric, what we have to do is turn something that is measuring throughout the turn into one single number that describes something important about your skiing. So uh, one of our best metrics uh, is called edge similarity, and it basically looks at how similar your edging is between your inside ski and your outside ski throughout the turn. So when we visualize uh, the raw data on uh, on a graph, you can see this super clearly for an advanced skier versus uh, an intermediate skier. The advanced skier will um, be doing almost the exact same thing with their inside ski as their outside ski. Their outside ski might be a little bit higher because that's the, the ski that you're mainly uh, loading against. Um, but when you look at an intermediate skier, it's fascinating. So someone who's doing a kind of wedge parallel turn, starting off with a wedge because they're not as confident to go straight into a parallel turn. They actually, in their raw data, you can see it remain flat throughout the first bit of the turn. Then they catch up later. So visually, we look at that and we're like, that's completely different to to your skiing because you're doing the exact same thing pretty much with your inside ski and your outside ski. Um, so yeah, our job as data scientists is we can see this is different, but how do we convert this into a number that agrees with what, what we can see? So yeah, day to day, that's basically what we're trying to do and make sure that we've got the systems in place to evaluate that, that we're doing it well. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Okay, cool. Because I know uh, I actually got to try it in New Zealand, um, I think maybe just after the Kickstarter campaign had 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 taken off. And I do, I remember being so fascinated because you had the mode where I could see, like I could go through all the metrics, like I could look at w- how much edge angle I produce in a turn and even like pinpoint exactly what turn that that happened on. And then where my pressure was fore and aft at specific parts of the turn. Like it was amazing the level of detail you could pick up with with this thing. And, and me being fascinated with the body and with skiing, I was like, I love this objective like subjective, you know, non-biased data, it's telling me what is happening. And I had a had a breakthrough because I thought I was in the right position and I looked at it and these sensors are telling me, no, you're not, you're on your heels more than you think you are on the front of the foot. And I knew what to do with my, my boots, changed it. Next day, took out Carve and then went, saw the, the change in pressure. And anyway, it, it's fantastic. I think you guys have dealt, developed something that gives, gives people um, power. Alex, like you're involved in in marketing, like how how yeah, have you, yeah, yeah. you? Your job is to like take this great stuff, this awesome idea, the science. How like what have you found interesting? Bringing it to the to the skiing market. Yeah, it's a super interesting question because look, I think when when most people first think about carve, they think this thing can't possibly work, right? It's probably a gimmick, or like, is it really going to give me advice? That's probably the first reaction people have. And then, especially because if you're a good skier, it's kind of hard to get good advice. You know, if you're if you're a good skier, Absolutely. you you often might even think with an instructor, am I going to get the right advice from this person that's going to help me? And it's a bit of a gamble. And so actually a lot of great skiers will look very hard at which instructor they're going to take. And they're actually quite, um, you know, choosy about that. I think the first thing is, like, we have actually the inside of our insert here. And I think when people see some of the graphics or whatever we put out in our marketing, it kind of looks like showy marketing. But it's kind of cool actually seeing inside it, and, and maybe it's kind of hard to see in the camera, but you can see just how much data it's possible to collect. And we can even see, because we've got all of these sensors, we have the ability to see the pressure roll from like your fifth metatarsal to your first as you enter the turn. So we can actually look at things in skiing that, an instructor might need to freeze frame a video Well, we can see that in the data profile. And then the cool thing is we get to work with people like yourself and, and we try and balance this across a lot of different instructors. So we're not becoming too biased in a certain way of skiing. Um, and we get to try and construct something which people can use to get leverage on their own skiing. Cause once you give some data, it kind of gives them something to play with, which maybe they didn't have. And and you'll mm. find, you know, especially people who have quite a sort of 
self-starter like hacking mentality they'll go out and they'll just hack away at a metric and it'll get better and better and better and they'll suddenly start having an unlock and i think the challenge for us is trying to persuade people that that's going to happen yeah we see it all the time do you think there is have you found there's definitely a type of personality that that really is drawn to carve currently and maybe a, a type that's not yeah, definitely. I mean, we're, I'd say we're in the early adopter phase of Carve's life. So I think we certainly have probably the more tech enabled person. Um, but really for us, if you're, if you think you can improve your skiing and you want to find a new way to get an, to the next level, Carve is perfect. Um, and we do find that kind of person really levels up. Yes. I would, I would agree that, that, I mean, some of the testimonials you've had of people I remember going into a ski shop in Sun Peaks and one of the the staff there, the like an instructor friend is like, Oh, that's you know, I can't remember his name. And he's like, he's he's only been skiing a couple of years and he hasn't had any lessons. He just bought Carve. And it's amazing really? to see. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, and then his his ski IQ boom 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 up. And you know what? It makes me think of like there's a question I want to bring up here, but like here's a guy with kind of a blank canvas. He comes to a sport. He doesn't have any biases from other people. He just wants to learn it, have fun. And then he's got this device that tracks everything, gives him feedback. He utilizes it, goes practice, you know, gets in this sort of pattern and this habit of, of doing it. And, and, you know, a season of skiing and he's like really improved. So you guys are in like this unique position to really influence and change people's skiing. Mm. And we were discussing a little bit before this morning around, you know, like you've mentioned, you, you've worked with some associations, different instructors, and used like the balance edging, rotary yeah. pressure kind yeah. of yeah. the skill set to measure things based a lot of the metrics off that. However, there are some some newer metrics coming out. So maybe my question would be, tell us about the newer metrics, and then do you want to maybe change how people learn? and analyze skiing yeah i mean i can kick us off i'll probably hand okay. over to charlie in a bit um i think you know when i think about what we're trying to do at carve we basically have some principles at the heart of our coaching that we're always trying to bring in and whether we're trying to coach something very specific and technical in certain areas there's some things that we really care about so the first thing is we really try and build this product so it doesn't get in the way of your skiing I think, you know, technology, you know, when we're skiing, it's like very valuable time. We're on the mountains with our friends. It's expensive, but it's just an incredible place to be. And we're privileged to be able to be there. So with Carve, we try and not get in the way. So we're always thinking about how we adapt our coaching and how we interface with the user to give enough to help an improvement, but not enough to basically break the skiing day. I think that's kind of an interesting thing for us. Yeah. And the other thing which I think you're driving at here is, is around giving fast objective instant feedback and for us we kind of have the luxury to change what that looks like over time i think you know ski associations they have to teach through so many layers of instructors just the communication problem is really really hard if you try and drive consistency through a big ski association it's a real challenge we can change what we look at every single year if we find a better way to look at something so i'll, I'll hand over to charlie in a second but we look a lot at edging and a good example this year, we were working with Ted Ligeti, a five-time world champ, two-time Olympic gold medalist. And he was doing something in the way he was edging his skis that we could see in the data that we hadn't really looked at before. And without giving too much of the story, well, I'll pass over to Charlie, who did a lot of this work. And Charlie, you can explain about our new metrics. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, exactly. As, as Alex says, objective real-time feedback is so powerful because the way to get a higher score is to uh, do this aspect of your skiing in a better way. And if you can stop at each run or each turn, depending on which mode you're using with Carve, you can hear this number and, you know, you can try different things to try and improve the number. Uh, but to get the number higher, you need to be doing the skill uh, in a better way. So uh, the metric Alex is, was talking about that is, yeah, pretty much inspired by uh, looking at Ted's data, talking to him about the way he skis. Um, you know, we've been so privileged to, to be able to work with him. Uh, the metric we're calling um, progressive edge build. And one of the things Ted does is, you know, he gets on his edges super early and he's building uh, the edge angle, but he's not 
just kind of doing everything early and then um, letting things go from there. He's continuing to build his edge angle throughout the turn. So we we can see this in our graphs of the real time of the of the raw data, as I mentioned earlier. We can see him continue to build, whereas a less advanced skier who gets to a high edge angle, but then is just kind of holding it there or even coming off it, park and ride turn, longer radius. Ted's able to continue to build that edge angle, whipping his uh, his ski around super quickly, tight turn radius, because the higher your edge angle, uh, the more the effect of the reverse camber of the ski uh, whips the the turn around. So, you know, seeing seeing Ted skiing, trying to keep up with him as as he's skiing in front of you, you, you can see him doing these incredible turns. And it's, uh, yeah, an absolute privilege to be able to then look at 20 times a second, what is that actually doing to his edge angle? Um, so yeah, that's one of the new metrics that, that we've, uh, uh, built through working with him. Yes. Um, it's pretty uh, neat that you can like, it won't, it'll be new for this year. People will be able yeah. to take a run, look at their progressive edging score yeah. and see what, see where it's at. Exactly. And, and then the next run, you know, you might try something else. Maybe you would, uh, you know, really committing to the turn, inclining a lot, trying to get lots of edge angle. But you're you're um, you know overcommitting, and then actually you got an inside ski pressure. You're you're kind of uh, not balanced against your outside ski, so your your turn suffers. Um, you know the next time you do a run, you can try. Oh, maybe I'll try and slow it down. Um, and you know when you when you get that that click, that feeling of the of the great turn, the number agrees with it. So you don't have to be skiing with someone like you who really knows their stuff. You can just look at the numbers. If the numbers are um, you know. Uh, that they can provide that objective feedback, which yeah, yeah it's just awesome for uh, for improvement. Yeah, I can Yeah, yeah. So there, there's something also that we that we see with with Carve is, um, and and I think you do this extremely well, Tom. But if you give someone more of a structure to think about their sport, you know, it's not like people don't want to improve. It's just it's so hard to work out what you might want to do next. Um, yes. And we actually survey this a lot with people who come into our website and we ask them a few questions. And actually knowing what to do next is, and this is one of the biggest challenges in any sport. Uh, and I was listening to a surf coach talking about this and, and he's coaches the best guys in the world, like Kelly Slater and people. And, and he was saying, if you can just give someone one thing that's going to help them change something, you make them intentional about it and they reflect on how it's going in that process, they will improve. Even if it's not like the perfect thing, you know, there might be one perfect thing for someone, but actually just getting someone to know what other things I could change and let me just be intentional about that and, and focus on something I can, you know, do I feel something different? You know, I'll try something else. How does it feel again? I think with Carve, you know, we have this opportunity with these metrics we're creating yes. to create like a, a new way to think about skiing. And, and that in itself is actually an unlock. So progressive edge, for example, is something people thought, okay, well, I'm either carving or I'm not. And they don't think about the dynamic nature of the car. Correct. And yes. now we can think people might think, oh, I'm scoring well, but I'm not actually that progressive. What is that? And that will build a lot of improvement just in and of itself showing people all the mechanics of, mm. of, of a really good ski term. Because I must say what uh, something I find uh, quite commonplace, especially when you look on the internet and maybe you ask someone what they think their problem is with their skiing, they might give quite a, uh, could be termed as like a static answer, oh, I don't angulate enough or yeah. I, I need to yeah. get more forward or something like that. There's not, yeah, it's it's a, definitely not progressive edging i think yeah. it's going to be yeah, yeah. You, you guys are, uh, i know from like my the apsi we have this term and it's in there but you don't really learn about it or really teach it much until higher levels i think it's fantastic i, I remember we did the zoom session you said like should a beginner be taught about this or do we just like tell experts i was like no everybody should it's like everybody should have the chance to look under the hood and know what good skiing is. I, I don't believe you should really hold stuff back. Yeah. I think just someone's skill level, when they go do it, they'll feel they won't be able to do it. But if you're an athletic person, you find out a, about that, you could cut off your your first intention of not stuffing around, getting to being a really good skier f faster. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've actually been quite cautious about we, we wouldn't actively recommend carve to absolute beginners, for example. There's so much that an instructor needs to do 
to acquaint you to this whole sport. But we do find total beginners pick up the product and do pretty well with it. And they actually get really good and they sometimes get really good really fast. And I think, you know, we're, we're quite cautious because we, we wouldn't go out and recommend it. We've designed it for intermediates, advanced skiers, even experts. And, and just to be clear on that, if you're confident parallel skiing, uh, you're at the right level for this product, right the way up to top level instructors. Um, but we do find total beginners actually, because they're getting that feedback, they can go probably faster than we would have thought possible, like yeah. just using that mechanism. Yep. Jamie. Within with the app, mm. what area of the Carve app do you wish more users engaged with? Mm. Um, so we have um, this mode that we, we made with TED, and we do have a lot of people use it, but we think uh, if even more use it, they get so much more value from it because it's, uh, it's one of these real-time coaching modes. And uh, essentially what, what happens is um, you get an intro from Ted tells you about how it's going to improve your carving. We have 40 different levels. And then as you go through the system, it's, it initially focuses on one part of your skiing and then it moves it to more and more complex parts of your skiing to really get you carving, get you on an edge. And the interesting thing is when we look at the data, we can see that when people use that mode, they really improve. So I think, I think there's so much more potential, you know, to, so we obviously designed the app with this in mind, but it, it when we think about how to design the app, we think, okay, how can we make sure that we get as many people into this because it's having such incredible effects on their skiing? Yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe Charlie's got one as well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Because, I mean, I guess the, the most popular mm. mode function is free ski mode. Yeah. 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 Is, is just turn it on, ski what, do what you're doing, and then see if it has a suggestion. Yeah. And then yeah. The, the, the ski with Olympian one's a little more of a structured type sort of progression correct exactly yeah. yes it's exactly what i was saying at the beginning so we have these two kind of ways to interface with the product first is that free ski mode so you're you're just setting it and every every time you finish a segment so when you stop skiing you hear a ski iq and then when you get to the end of the run and the lift you hear a tip about what you can do to improve next run so it's a really powerful kind of like fun way to initially sort of start thinking about your technique and, and start making technique into a game and then once you really want to level up on a specific part of your technique, so say you're getting a tip, what the, what the system will do is actually recommend you a certain part of the system. So to, to have a real time. So you can, you know, maybe it's like focusing on your edge similarity. And so you can really start to dial in and basically improve at that thing with the real time coaching. So yes. it's really about kind of minimizing the time between you doing something and, and having that correction to create this like very, very powerful feedback loop. So the idea is that at the end of the run, you could actually have, you know, maybe sort of 30 or 40 interactions with with the system and sort of slight nudges to improve your technique so it's it's a lot faster it's, it's a lot quicker way of of learning yeah so yeah most of the time people will ski on that free ski because it you know it's fun with friends and um you don't have to kind of think too much about like, yeah. where you're going to ski and things but once they you know once you really get into it and you want to kind of really level up, level, basically. yeah 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 but once you get through a, the easy things then yeah and that's i think that's just human behavior people mm. are on the lazier side in general so you, you heard it from like the founder here he's like <laughs> use the app people it's a, you know like you buy a ski and instructors talk about like use the whole ski use the tip use the tail mm. you got this this app this technology you utilize it because i think mm. a lot of people don't get right into it and and you you guys are pushing more in that direction are you this kind of active coaching mode exactly, where it's like yeah, not yeah. just yeah people can look at stuff but then then it is really getting involved in like sending you down a, a pathway exactly. yeah it's kind of like halfway between free ski and one of these like very active coaching modes because it naturally guides you through the whole coaching system so it's a it's a really kind of easy kind of step from free ski into into a more kind of real-time uh, experience so I got. I heard Alex said you're you're actually doing a ski improvement camp. Yeah, coming up soon. Yeah, right. Really, yeah, yeah. You excited for that? <laughs> yeah, really excited. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, be a lot of fun. What are you What are you gonna go in there? Uh, I'm sure you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to switch off from like thinking about translation to car. But <laughs> like personally, uh, like what are you trying to what we, what do you hope to come away from that camp improving in your own skiing? Well, so if we if we get some, it's quite early season. But if we get 
If you're serious about stepping up your skiing skills, listen up. I've been working closely with the Carve team for over four years and they've just unveiled a groundbreaking feature, Active Coaching Mode. And here's the lowdown. Launch it at the top of your run and go through a quick calibration with 10 turns and it sets a baseline just below your current skill level. From there, every turn is a challenge, adapting on the fly to your skill, terrain and conditions. No fluff, just a gamified experience pushing you to ski better every turn. It does this by using a super thin insole lined with small pressure sensors and motion detectors. It's like having a personal coach analyzing your every move. And here's the sweet part. If you hit a hot streak with excellent form and you're in for double or triple points, it's addictive, rewarding. Like I said, it's a very gamified experience and it transforms every run into a step towards better skiing. If you're intrigued, and you should be, check out Carve and dive into active coaching mode. Just Google Get Carve to find out more, and as a bonus, enter code GELLY15 to take 15% off. It's amazing. I've heard from the Carve team that now nearly over a third of the users are using active coaching mode when they go out and ski with it. So why not give it a try yourself? Some off-piece, I'd love to do some some off-piece skiing, because <laughs> that's definitely something I want to improve. Um, on piece, it's really, yeah, it's really getting, getting those high edges and really, really carving, um, you know, looking like Ted. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, my ski IQ is 153. And so, yeah, it's it definitely, um, it, it's good, but I think, you know, I'd love to try and get it to like the very top of the leaderboard. So yeah, I'll be asking value for that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, it's interesting uh, for, for me anyway, that comment about the off piste mm. we were kind of discussing before. I, I think some people like that's that's definitely super fun. Like the the most, I, I love it. I think off piece king is is the best. Um, but I think sometimes people don't realize how much you will improve that area by just stepping back, going back a level, doing a camp, kind of like w- or working on some skills back to like that work in Olympian mode instead of kind of just ha- having a bash at it. Mm. kind of thing so it's just interesting um yeah like that's where people want to go but the pathway there i know that makes it easier is is work on these like fundamentals that might be a bit you know not in this that you think not in the exact direction of going mm. towards your goal so yeah I, I think isn't you know i mean obviously you're the expert but i think it's a lot to do with when you're when you're on peace it's 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 quite forgiving so you can make these mistakes and you can get away with them but then you can't make them off piece so if you actually try and focus on not making the mistakes on piece then you can learn the muscle memory yes you know so you're you know so, so you're not just like un- unbalanced and yeah. you're tilting your edges together so when you do get off piece you're actually you're actually skiing naturally yes yeah absolutely and uh the the charlie there's yeah. back to the metrics thing i got to try out an, a new metric this season and we were chatting a little bit Turn turn G force. Turn G force. Turn G force. Yeah. 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 Bringing the G's in. Yeah. That's as my favorite metric <laughs> yeah. so far. I think mine too. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um can you explain what it is? And then you said it was actually it's not super sick. Like you had to put some yeah. some maths into it to figure out. Yeah, can you talk how you did that and yeah. then yeah, explain the metric. So I mean Turn G force is something we've been after for a few years. It, you know, I think even back when Jamie uh, first got going, I'm sure it was something you, you guys were looking at as well. But um, yeah, we we tried to to, to quantify it. So uh, what we're trying to measure basically is the acceleration in the turn uh, that is inside. So it's the centripetal force that that you experience as you turn uh, across the mountain. It's the force that you balance against to actually do a turn in the first place so it's it's super important for skiing um and yeah we we wanted to try and work out a way to measure it one of our sensors in the insole is an accelerometer so this measures acceleration uh which is you know uh, mass times acceleration is force so if you can measure the acceleration then you can work out the force um so yeah, basically, we always wanted to do it, but if I have a look at the the insole, uh, yeah, so the sensor basically measures in 3D space, but when you ski, your sensor doesn't just stay flat, it moves with your ski because we're in the boot and the boot moves with the ski as well. So we, we can measure in a certain axis, but we then 
when you turn, that axis changed. So what we, uh, the breakthrough that we were able to do, so one of the teams, Sam, she she uh, did this, made this discovery, was to use the angle of the ski to then isolate the axis that is the horizontal force, the acceleration in in the turn. So by, uh, yeah, basically every step of the, of the turn, we're adjusting for the right uh, edge angle. Then we found suddenly, uh, this metric, the accuracy of of it and its its correlation with uh, ability had increased a whole load. So, so you don't actually even need the pressure sensors for this one, even no. though like when people do it, the the senses you're getting thrown yeah. to the like the best feeling in a ski turn yeah. is that g force feeling. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. We, we don't need the pressure sensors. It's the accelerometer, which is part of the the motion sensor. Yeah, amazing. Um, so yeah, and and like you said. It's so fun to ski with. I, I tried it out over the summer as well. And, you know, it, it kind of felt to me like it's correlating with how much fun I was having. Like That's I what was, I, yeah. yeah. That's what we both agree we, on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like you, you lay over, you do, a, um, you know, your, your best turn, you feel the G-force and balancing against it. And, um, yeah, just it, it was super addictive to try and push it up, push it up. Um, and, yeah, I, I saw... Ted scores, you know, he he can get over four G's, which is just crazy. What uh, did you What did you get? I, I I could just about get to like two point five, maybe two point eight. Not, but yeah, I want to try and get to three. But Ted obviously gets in- incredible scores there. Yeah. When you think about, you know, what skiing is, you're mainly bouncing against your outside ski, and um, you know, it's kind of like bench pressing four times your body weight on one ski when you can, um, you know withstand that force um, yeah. it's super impressive so yeah it's a really cool metric it, it it correlates with how well you're skiing it's really fun to try and kind of push it up um so yeah we're, we're really excited about about this metric yeah i am too yeah yeah i think like a rocket ship taking off is around three to four g's yeah. so <laughs> you know when you hear that ted's getting four g's he's like getting through a rocket launch every turn it's pretty cool um i think fighter pilots at max are pulling six g's and then they start to like have problems with blacking out and stuff yeah so, yeah you know it's if people are playing with with the g-force monitors you should keep these numbers <laughs> in mind if you're getting there to four it's pretty damn impressive <laughs> But um, you know how I was mentioning you guys have the unique opportunity to to maybe not just teach people with the skill system. You've you've now got something like the G force sort of thing. And then, you know, if that's what because the kind of the cool thing is, as we said, like that correlates with fun factor, which is totally what why people keep coming back to skiing, like make it more fun. So if people have kind of a measurement almost of that and see where they're at, then they can go back work on some of these other finer elements, go back, maybe play with the G-Force things, hopefully, you know, feel a change, see a change in the score. I, I think it's really cool. Like, it's very unique in that way. Yeah, I, I kind of see our history in terms of some big steps of massive, like, unlocks that have taken so much time and energy. So just making this product work took years, like years in China trying to make it so it doesn't break, so it's sensitive in the right places. Even how we route the cables, we looked at pressure maps of, you know, thousands of people's feet in boots from skiing to work out exactly how to route the cables to minimize pressure on the foot. Um, once we had all that, we could develop great data science because now we have accurate data. Uh, and then we can develop a metric system that allows people to improve. I think now and the stuff that we're really excited about that we've done a lot of work on this summer is building context. So the system up till now has been brilliant on a well-groomed slope where there's quite stable conditions and you can ski and improve uh, and you can kind of work, but the system also kind of doesn't have to adapt to loads of changing terrain. Obviously, we're all skiers, like our whole team are skiers, and we know that you know, sometimes your best skiing is when the train isn't quite so simple. Mm-hmm. And that's when we also feel like we're doing our best skiing. It's a, it's a sport of versatility skiing. Um, so yeah, we, we spent a lot of time working on, okay, well, when we have fun as skiers, how can Carve have more of a role in that environment? So we developed really, really smart ways that Charlie and his team, um, have worked on all summer to determine what the terrain is underfoot, what the steepness is. So we can start to adjust for that and, and make this apply much more to all the variety of contexts that you ski in. And, and for us, that's where the fun is coming in as well. Cause the ski is like, that's kind of the fun part, isn't it? It's, it's yes. as much about terrain as it is about putting in at like one perfect turn. 
And that's probably a good uh, like topic to go into just for the the people that are listening that that own Carve and have and have used it. You know, that's probably one thing they've maybe complained about is oh, I can only get good scores when it's great snow, this certain pitch. So you're you're basically saying you guys have now worked on ways to detect that, mm-hmm. put in almost like a filter or an algorithm to to kind of show that there's difficulty there so you don't get deducted points yeah. because it's yeah. rougher snow it sort of filters it out yeah because i remember when i had to, when i sent in some uh when i was beta testing some stuff i had to say what the snow type was like yeah. was it rough was it groomed mm-hmm. that sort of stuff mm-hmm. but yeah you're also at now getting pitch yeah yeah which yeah. is crazy i mean that's going to be a that's a big one right to get all the angles on all the slopes. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing, like what this can add to our data set. You know, as a coach, for example, when you're coaching, you take that into account when you see a video of someone or you're working on snow, you don't like ignore the train yeah. and just coach them based on, you know, the turn in 3D space. Um, I think for us, Carve was a really amazing kind of carving arc measuring device. And if you can hold that quality of turn as you move into harder and harder terrain you're going to get rewarded for it and we have these really amazing graphs charlie's able to look at a whole population and we take the really brilliant skiers and the average skiers and the less average like maybe lower intermediate skiers and we look at how your ski iq deteriorates as the train gets harder because now we can see if the train's harder and mm-hmm. um, it's pretty interesting it's like almost like your versatility score so someone like ted or yourself you probably find really good consistency. You're still getting a great like turn shape in as the train gets harder. Maybe someone like me, maybe a bit less polished, I'll start to see that fall off like quite severely. And we actually have this really cool graph where we can see like normal skiers, it like drops down a lot. Uh, instructors, it drops down. And this, still is, quite this is a lot. terrain and, and snow yeah, conditions. As, as the train's yeah. getting harder, the IQ is dropping more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you see someone like Ted and it's pretty much flat. And it's like, I think I remember you showing me that graph. Yeah. 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 And so he should be rewarded for that. And so we wanted to make sure that when you are doing something more like awesome, it feels great to you. It's kind of challenging you and you're skiing well. Well, Carve's going to really reward that now. So it should be really fun in different conditions. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, any other new changes coming this winter? Um, well, we've always got changes. That's kind of the nice thing is like we've got a team who work all summer and try and pull the product forward. So I think we've got more data that comes in every year. So we've got new metrics coming out. I think those will be a game changer, especially for advanced level skiers who are looking to get the edge in, in how they carve. The terrain changes are massive. Um, and we're also working on a new real-time coaching mode. So uh, we with TED mode that Jamie spoke about, we call it TED mode, but train mm. with an Olympian if, if you're in <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I think with, with Train with Olympian, we had this amazing like jump forward working with Ted where he wanted to make a very progressive mode that built skill upon skill and it adapted as you skied. And what we're now looking to do is to take how that's working, but adapt to the terrain around you. So if you're skiing on an, a harder pitch, the level is going to adjust to the terrain. So for us, I think if there's one word for the season, it would be context because we tried to take account of context in almost every feature that we've built so whether it's how the metrics or the ski iq is working or whether it's how the active coaching the, the, the actual real-time training is working carve is trying to adapt now to the terrain around you so it can give you more contextual and more relevant advice yeah. um so yeah so quite a lot because they worked on yeah because you you have a leaderboard like within carve uh monthly mm-hmm. And seasonally? Uh, it can be daily, weekly, and all season, and it does reset each and season. And resort. Yeah, and, yeah. and you can, you can cut be the down king by resort, your... which is kind of like, I was the number two skier in Cortina for quite a long time until about five people knocked me down at the end of the season. <laughs> so I was really happy with that for like most of the season. I screenshotted it, don't worry. Um, so yeah, I think uh, that resort level view is really great because a lot of us ski, like we know our local resort and we even know some of the people there, and it's nice to have that, that leaderboard a bit more local. Yeah. And so, can I mention that? So, the, who was king of the leaderboard? Well, there was there was a skier king of the leaderboard, highest IQ, end of last season. Yeah, with some of the changes, maybe filters and algorithm tweaks, that sort of stuff. Can you say who actually was had the highest ski IQ? 
So who had the highest QRQ last, last year? Last season. Yeah. And after then, you've yeah, done so, your... So it's an instructor called Tyler who uh, was at the top of the leaderboard last time. Um, and then, yeah, we've gone away. We've created three new metrics. We've tuned two other, other metrics, um, all kind of, you know, looking at Ted's data uh, in particular and talking to him and yourself and many other instructors. Um, and the, the real goal for, for Ski IQ uh, and the metrics this season was to make, make it reward more dynamic carving instead of it being kind of getting to a higher jangle, but, you know, more of a, a park and ridey turn. Uh, so we've worked really hard to, um, to try and reward this type of skiing and um based off our current uh, analysis so we're still going through the process of, of finalizing everything but of all the skiing um from last season ted now goes to the top of the leaderboard with with the new version of ski iq which is obviously great we want the best skiers with the highest skill to be at the top of the leaderboard um but he'll have to set uh, a run as good this year to get to the top of the leaderboard as alex says it, it resets um so and no one skied with with that the new number that we're going to release. No one else has skied with it. So once you can hear uh, the new ski IQ every every time you stop, uh, people will be able to kind of optimize for that in particular. And uh, yeah, we'll see who who's there at the end of the season. Yeah, that was I must say that that news was like music to my ears because I just it's, but it's also testament to you guys. You you look at where you're at at the moment and you go, hang on, Ted Ligeti, we know how good he is. Ski with him. But then he's not sitting at the top of the leaderboard with Ski IQ. Someone else is. What's going on there? Yeah. Tweak it. So, so then, like you said, so it's not that you want to reward that. It's that you no. want your system to be truly honest. Exactly. Yeah. As to so what, yeah. It, it's helped us tune the actual metrics. So one of our metrics looks at um, how you move forwards at the start of the turn. And by looking at Ted's data, we could actually see that he was moving forwards so early. It was before our window was was looking for it. So uh we were able to extend the window and then you know the, the when we develop metrics we want to make sure that they're based in kind of coaching uh literature that that you know it's what uh good skiing is is all about that we can measure them to be uh accurate and then also that they're understandable for for skiers uh and in this case you know we knew the 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 concept to move forwards at the start of the turn to pressure the this the tip at the start we knew that was the right thing to do from uh from a skiing technique perspective so we're like why is ted not getting the highest score here or not yeah. the highest but a high score uh and then yeah looking at the data you can see he's he's doing it earlier than than we were looking for so that's one example of how we've been able to um make the system better by you know we need the best skiers to be using the system so that we can then make it even better. If we yeah. didn't have him there, then you know we're not going to be be looking for that. Yeah, and constantly improving. And yeah, what does Jamie? What does what if you had the the looking glass into the future? What what would you kind of love carve to be? Say in ten years' time, what what could it do? What would it look at? Yeah, I think we're seeing some really interesting uh, yeah developments in technology. To think. I think we've already talked a lot about it in terms of, um, you know, really working across the whole mountain is like something really big for us. So, yeah. you know, thinking about when we started Carve, uh, you know, it's, it's called Carve and you and you carve one piece, obviously. And that's obviously a very big part of our skiing. But, you know, when a lot of people think about skiing, they also think a lot about the backcountry and, and, and really just properly getting coaching across all you know across the whole mountain is is yeah. our long-term vision um i think in terms of creating like a very powerful coaching experience there's some really interesting stuff happening at the moment with the large language models so obviously you're seeing chat gbt and into and the thing about a coach and the thing about when you're skiing is you you want the interaction to be verbal you you don't want to have to look at your phone and so there's some really powerful things that we, you know, obviously in, in the pipeline where we can take this huge data set that we have about the skier. We have a huge data set of all the knowledge of, you know, instruction. We have a huge data set of the ski resort. We know what the weather's like. You know, there's so much data coming in that, that long term as you, as you kind of factor all of those things in, I, I just think the, the potential and, and you use the, uh, a large language model or ChatGPT as a as the interface with great audio uh, recognition and great audio um, pronunciation with the with um with, with the models we're seeing, you can just create such a powerful experience. So I think 
you know, it's really kind of the combination of all these technologies that are kind of all coming together. And it's, it's really exciting because we're basically at, that, at the perfect point and we've, and we've already got the data because we've already got this huge data set of people yeah. who've been skiing. Um, and I, I always look at our data and it's, you know, it's like we're kind of scratching the surface. Like we, you know, we have terabytes and terabytes of, of data on our servers and, you know, we're, we're constantly thinking about how we improve things. But the exciting thing is we've, we've kept all that really, really detailed data. And so as we go back into the you know, systems and rewrite our models and get better and better, we can start incorporating those. So yeah. when you first started, did, was AI that these kind of systems, did you even know? So, Any, had you heard about that? Yeah. So, so my PhD, one of the, one of the parts of it was machine learning. Um, so one of the things I thought we should do and, you know, and, and we're already doing it. It's really exciting is really thinking about the feedback loops. So, you know, if you think about what a coach does, first they have to be really effective at understanding what your problem is. And then they have to be really effective at actually giving you the right piece of feedback. And so the interesting thing about what we do is obviously we've talked a lot at the moment about, you know, thinking about, um, thinking about like what measuring what good is, you know, thinking mm -hmm. about with Ted and thinking about what, what, what good is in that context. But the other thing, um, and, and you can use machine learning to optimize that. And, and we do a lot of thinking about like, how can we, optimize the, the whole system so that we make sure that Ted is given the best score and, and the best people are getting the best scores and the weightings are appropriate. Yeah. And then the other side, which we're getting better and better at, which I think is really exciting and is kind of borrowed from um, education technology. So these big kind of ed tech companies like Duolingo is, is essentially optimizing the, the feedback to be the most effective piece of feedback. Cause you know, not only are we collecting loads of data about people skiing, we're also giving them all these interventions. So we're saying, you know, lean forward. We're saying, um, like next run, focus on uh, tilting your edges at the same time. All of those interventions and the actual language we use is all measured, and we actually see the impacts on the on the customers. So over time, we're creating this very very powerful database, not just of how people ski, but also how people react to feedback. Yeah. And so it's a very very interesting place to be. Where I, I don't think there's any company that's ever done this on, on a wide scale is to have a huge data set of what you've actually have told people and, and you actually see how they react to it. Yeah. Cause you think like, yeah, there's, there's not really anyone trying to like teach technique uh, across any sports. So that was really like the, the philosophy of Carl was like, okay, we can, this is, we can get to this really interesting place and collect really interesting data and then hopefully make a very powerful product with it. So yeah, it's very, very exciting to see that kind of coming to fruition. Obviously there's lots more, lots more work to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And, and the cool thing is, is that everyone, everyone learns differently. Right. And as Jamie says, we've got this, uh, diverse data set with lots of different people. So not only will we find like, oh, this is an effective bit of bit of feedback, but linking that to the the type of person potentially, mm. um, you know, that's a, another key step that, yeah. that I think will give us a big unlock. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely a long way to go. As Alex was saying with the context, like you know, that's super important. You know, if you're getting a low score, but you've you've done like one of your best runs, but it was just super steep, it was bumpy. Uh, you know, we need to work out that that is. Um, the the reason that you had a lower score and either adjust for it or uh, compensate in in some way so yeah. yeah we need to we need to make sure that um we can link improvement we can understand what improvement is which we can and make sure that's all over the mountain and then we can uh yeah hopefully find like this optimal learning pathway for for people yeah back to like that the turn g force one it's just very comforting to have like a metric that that directly correlates with a felt sense now you're adding something to your ski setup this uh insole is going inside the ski bit and i know you guys like the uh, big question probably first of all so many people is is it going to fit is it going to ruin like my my boot fit can can you speak yeah. to that yeah definitely i mean we have this question a lot and it's because like we get it the boot is a really precious environment if you've if you feel like you've got your boots dialed well it's probably taking you a while to get there and you're you're really um going to be protective about that i think the first thing to say you can't sit here maybe i just tear this sort of low-key lovely stand we've made it's actually pretty thin i think most people don't really see the thickness um but it's it's generally around three mil and what we've done when we've built it is we've rooted some of the circuitry and put we put 
anything that we had to put, we put it in places we know that for 99.9% of people, there's no issues because we have pressure data from the boot from literally thousands, tens of thousands of people. Um, and we're in almost every single boot that's available on the market. But the most important thing is it goes under the liner. So it sits on the plastic boot board. So you take the liner out, you put it in under the liner on that plastic boot board and it's very neutral. It's not adding volume in different. It's like, it's not like a footbed where it's adding volume on the sides or anything. It's just very, very thin piece of material that sits under your liner. And for, for a lot of people, even I dare say it might even improve boot foot because it, it creates a little bit of lift. It stops a little bit of that float that might be commonly happening, especially with leisure skiers. Um, and you might actually find you get more control, weirdly, by adding a small bit of volume to the boot. But even if you do have very dialed race boots, you can opt for a slightly thinner insole. In very extreme cases, you can actually shave down a boot board or, or go right. to a thinner boot board. And some people, boot fitters, are, are happy to do this uh, in many cases. But we have almost no issues with people returning it for boot fit but there's a lot of anxiety up front yeah. and, and even ted skied with carve without any boot mods for example if ted ligerty you know five-time world champ is able to put it in race fit boots i think most of us will be okay so i think um yeah you know we worked really hard on this issue and we and, and you know in the case that you do have a, an issue and it just doesn't quite work with your particular setup and you can't get it to work then we do offer a boot fit guarantee and you can just send them back to us and we'll issue you a refund so you yeah. know we, we get that this is a really precious issue and you know, we've done everything in our power to make sure that it's if anything you wouldn't even notice they were there for most skiers yes yeah i would, I would agree with that too because in i think unless you have a really high volume foot and those people would know that and they've got pressure on the top most people are actually like you said are going to benefit it's going to give a more snug fit inside and if it's if it is too snug you can reduce volume in other places the boot board can be ground and th there are ways around it and yeah I, I didn't realize but yeah basically no one really returns it because of of that and no yeah so a lot of you no, honestly no it's kind of like one of those things you're so worried about until you try it and then i think for almost for most of us skiing in off-the-shelf boots that you know it fits with custom molded boots it works with custom insoles because it goes under the liner mm -hmm. there's actually no problems yeah excellent so in like kind of wrapping up here jamie if if i say i'm the, the skier that went this this is pretty cool it sounds interesting and they go and they they get a set of carve units they download the app and they head to the to the snow they turn on carve and they do a run what essentially are they are they seeing what's their experience when they then stop and look at the look yeah. at the app yeah no, exactly um so so first thing is as you finish the run and you're on the on the chairlift you're going to get a ski iq so that's our definition of how good that run was so average is 100 and then it obviously goes all the way up to 150 160 maybe even 170 um and so that's a kind of like first measure of like how well you're skiing but that's like the very top of the kind of pyramid of, of details so under that we separate the skiing technique into four different skills so you have balance ed edging rotary and pressure and then we go one step deeper to look at individual metrics that can individual skiing characteristics that correspond to that skill so for instance edging we've got edge angle we've got edge similarity um edge similarity is actually a really good example of, of a metric which is really powerful so say on that ski run you're actually doing a bit of an a-frame then so you know you might have got like 125 ski iq you're putting on that outside ski and you're not bringing them nicely together and so carve will pick that up and it'll say your ski iq is 125 and then it will go one step deeper to, to actually identify your, the problem is your edge similarity. So if you're doing an A-frame, you're probably getting an edge similarity of about set, of about 30 or 40 maybe. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you some tips. So you'll get a recommendation. The first one will be just an audio one. So you'll hear, okay, next run, focus on rolling your skis together so that you can have that nice, nice fluid motion and not one ski and then the other, which, which creates the A-frame. And then what you can also do is in the app, you can obviously track your edge similarity every, every run, but you can also get videos on how to actually improve your edge similarity. So the idea is that you have that simple ski IQ, then you have a tip, 
then you have that tip will be around a metric. So you can actually kind of drill down into what that metric is. You can watch videos on that metric. And then as you start focusing on that metric, you can actually improve it. So good edge similarity. If I'm, if I'm on a good run and I'm like pumped up, I can probably get like 70 or 80. Um, I've seen, uh, I've seen Ted get basically a hundred, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so a hundred percent. So his edges are basically moving like perfectly together all the way through the time, yeah, all, well, which is hard because yeah, like, yeah. it is based, right. It's not just. Oh, when one snapshot moment, it is measuring it, like yeah, you said, yeah, however yeah. many seconds yeah. or times a second. Yeah, it's it's very it's hard extreme. to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, and it's incredible in, in indicator of skill. You yes. know, it's you can't fake that. <laughs> you got to be good to get that. Yeah, awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. We covered a, a lot of stuff. I think there's some really exciting things coming for for new users and current users this season. Some great new metrics, changes to the ski IQ system the leaderboard i think is going to be you know i'm going to be watching that closely and and yeah. see where see where a couple of runs i put down go this season yeah uh, like thank you so much and uh, you know good luck with with the future oh thank you yeah thanks for coming in you yeah it's been a great day some of you may already know that i've been advising carve and working with the team for some time now and this year the team has come up with probably some of the most exciting developments to date They've been working on representing the most fun parts of skiing in their system. They've developed three brand new metrics, progressive edging, early weight transfer, and one that measures the G-force in a turn. And that one, I have to say, I got to try it out this winter in Australia, and that is really fun. This new addition is going to be incredible for anyone who's looking to really push their skiing up a notch. Now, what's even more interesting for this year is the system now detects what terrain you're on and pulls that into your ski IQ score. This is a huge change and a great upgrade because sometimes it would only really score well if you were skiing on perfectly groomed snow. Now it's going to accommodate and adjust whether you're skiing in steeper slopes, more chopped up snow or firmer snow. So this is a very big change that I think is massive kudos to the team to keep pushing and progressing the app even further. If you're the kind of skier that is looking for a tool to help push your technique that little bit further, then you should definitely check out what Carve can do. Use the code GELLIE15, that's G-E-L-L-I-E-1-5, to get 15% off for the next two weeks.